0: I don't watch scary movies. I don't watch scary movies. Welcome to spooky season here on Talking Smack. This is your host, Alex, with Justin Henson from the movie Wire. Justin, are you particularly scared this evening? That
1: intro just gave me chills, I have to say. Like, it's great to be back, but that's it's kind of like a different change to what I'm used to coming into the show, but definitely gave me chills.
0: Fantastic. So everything is working right here. Uh, I have over my shoulder. I have the hello there or hell here sign mm-hmm. from Batman Returns flashing occasionally. The room is in a nice dim purple. The, it has been an overcast day And I am ready to be scared, to have chills. Alex, what's that behind you? Now, Oh, Oh, crap. Oh, no. All right. I have to. (laughs) (laughs) So you will not hear a whole lot from Josh this evening because, Josh, can you tell them why on this spooky themed episode? I don't watch scary movies. All right. There you go. Josh has spoken. He does not watch scary movies, which is poor for him because... We are going to do previews and overviews of three returning franchises. We have Saw X coming out next week. Then we have Goosebumps uh, premiering on Disney+, Plus, a brand new TV series. And then shortly thereafter, we have Exorcist Believer. But before we get to all that, let's take a quick trip over to see what our friends at Casting Views are doing. fancy taking a humorous trip down a random topic each week you do while well, you're in luck casting views presented by me dan and a host of guests bring you just that with topics from the world of entertainment science sport and everyday life there's bound to be a topic that's going to inform and amuse catch casting views every sunday on all listening platforms now and we're back justin i'd like to start with goosebumps You and I are right within that prime demographic where RL Stein scared the crap out of us throughout elementary, middle school, maybe into high school. If you were one of the cool kids like me and was up on Fear Street, you take your lunch, uh, not your lunch money. You would take those earnings over to the, the library when they had those book sales. You would look through with those, you know, fake bucks you got for completing assignments or maybe like the $10 your parents gave you and you would see what you could get. And I'm going to make a confession here to start things off real quick. I actually didn't really read Goosebumps until about sixth grade when a girl I liked was reading it. And she then lent me a copy because I was too busy reading Michael Crichton. Ooh, good choice. <laughs> I know. Good choice. And John Grissom.
1: Also a good choice.
0: Yes. Books well above my age that I would then reread as a, as a high schooler and then as an adult and go like, man, I miss a lot of subtext. <laughs> <laughs> but what is your knowledge, your experience with goosebumps? So I
1: was kind of like you. I mean, I think I was reading Jurassic park books like the relic and uh, John Grisham, like at the firm. I think I read um, when it first came out around that time too, but goosebumps when I was just a lad is what really sparked me to horror. Like it was a very mild horror, but they were such simplistic books. um, Well, at least for me, but they were so enjoyable and they had this little lingering relatability to our age group that really just encouraged us to read more and more and more. And, like to me i had to have them all it was a collector's thing so i became a huge fan of goosebumps when uh, i was a kid when they became a huge fad i was
0: part of that my mother wouldn't let me have scary books (laughs) (laughs) and stuff like that so it really was i think it was fifth or sixth grade where the cute girl i had a crush on would finish one of the books and lend it to me and i would read it during break or something like that and i would almost always return it to her by the end of school that day because like you said, they were just, they were quick reads. They're what, maybe like 110, thirty pages if it's one of the longer ones. And they were all different. They were all had, uh, they were very much, uh, not kind of like fairy tales or nursery rhymes kind of thing. There's always something a little, a little off kilter. Normally the child survives, but something horrible happens to their friends and family. Of course you had the, you know, you had Slappy the dummy and Slappy Returns and all the weird ones. One that sits with me is it was something, a a fable about an old camera that like trapped people inside of it. If you took too many photos or something like that. And that one really got to me like enough. You took enough photos and like, maybe there was a spirit inside that came out of it or it was something horrible and scary.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, mine was return of the lawn gnomes to me. The gnomes are terrifying. And I think that's what was really cool about these books was he took elements like the camera with actual the camera, which goes into kind of mythology, too. But you have things that really kind of made kids uncomfortable, like, well, even adults ever. I, I'm still scared of lawn gnomes, but you have a lot of these elements <laughs> that kids can totally relate to and just have that shiver um, across their body.
0: What what intrigued me about them as well was. Um, they'd use that like 3d pebbling printing on the yeah. covers so the haunted mask one actually had the texture of the mask on it kind of breaks it up and with the goo yeah that was great now rl stein hasn't gotten; uh, it took him a quite a long time almost 25 years to get a movie which he had the two jack black ones but i was i'm looking it up and i didn't realize that the tv show kind of just came it went yes it had Four seasons, which is pretty good for Saturday morning cartoons of in, in the nineties. I mean, not that it was cartoons; it was live action. But they got out seventy-four episodes. But it was kind of like a quick burst of flame. Almost seemed to mimic his career a little bit, like it was there and gone. Yeah, and it kind of just lingered in the consciousness. Uh, do you have any particular memories of the Creep Tastic TV show, other than that? Oh, that spooky ass theme song. <laughs>
1: Well, the TV show, I vaguely remember, and, you know, for what it was, I can kind of see it being short-lived because it almost took away from the reading aspect of it. Um, it didn't really encourage, like you have some movies, like I'll give an example, like Jurassic Park. You watch the movie, and that's a good example of encouraging people to read the books. The TV show kind of summarized a short read where you don't feel the need to really go back and read it. It didn't really, it didn't really separate itself. It just told the exact story. So I think with even though the TV show was short lived, I think there is a rhyme and reason why it was, you know, four seasons where he wanted to focus more on his continuing work, where it didn't really add anything or increase sales. I want to say to his previous work,
0: most of the episodes were based off of the books. And I mean, he was turning them out like sometimes 10 a year, if not more than that. Uh, And they were kind of formulaic. The kids really didn't return book to book. The, the series of his that most struck me that most stuck with me was the fear street one because those were supposed to be more teen books mm-hmm. you know they typically were like little arcs of one to two, sometimes you know like trilogies or like little one splat books and stuff like that but one of them i remember is uh, teacher's pet i if i'm if I remembering correctly because that one really got me was like the student who was who they, everyone thought was like the killer in their body ends up being found in the dumpster behind the school, <laughs> And I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> what the heck? And the, yeah, they
1: did go a little darker than that then. Cause I never saw fear street, but it sounds like it went a, mm-hmm. kind of to the harder, uh, teenage audience.
0: Yeah. Um, fear street had a two years ago, had a, a little arc on, uh, Little arc on Netflix, three movies released in three days and uh, across three weeks with this storyline following throughout. It was actually really good. I particularly enjoyed it. It was gory. It carried through. It was about this this town where supernatural horror is haunting them and they have to figure things out. And it's actually really particularly good. But the reason why we're talking about this is Goosebumps is back on Disney+. Plus In just a, four, a few short weeks for Disney's hollow Stream and Halloween event, we will get ten new episodes of Goosebumps. From what I understand, it's going to be um like a kind of like a mini series. It's not going to be an, an anthology episode of the week, which is kind of disappointing because I think his stories more fall to that the anthology series, which is what the original series yeah. was on. But I haven't seen a trailer or anything. Have you? I saw that they released some cast photos like a week ago. Yeah,
1: I tried looking this afternoon and I'm seeing a lot of photos and a lot of uh, media buzz around it. But yeah, no trailer to it that I've seen or nor a lot of clips that I've actually seen of anything in regards to it. That could mean a couple things. One, it's either really, really good or it's just really, really bad.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. The most striking thing that I've seen here is Justin Long, the Mac or PC guy, as I particularly know him from, even though he's been in a ton of things. He's one of the main cast members. I'm assuming at this point he's probably someone in someone's dad, because I think it's supposed to be about teenagers uncovering some mythological evil or something. Yeah, so I'm hoping it's good. I, I don't really recognize any of the other names. There's Miles McKenna, William uh, Will Price, Zach Morris. Not oh, that Zach you, Morris. You had me on the edge <laughs> of my
1: seat right there.
0: I know. I mean, he 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 does need some work. Um, the Saved by the Bell reboot did get canceled. <laughs> it's
1: true. Well, and and well, and here's the deal with a lot of the Disney Plus stuff. Me and Disney Plus don't get along right now. Um, I have not been a fan of a lot of their original material that's come out. Um, I went on a rant about Home Sweet Home Alone, but a lot of the Disney Plus stuff is going to that really that teenage age group now and i'm going to age myself really bad right now but i feel like my dad watching my stuff as a kid where i just say i don't get it and uh, and i just hope that they go a little edgier with it the problem with like the 2000 i think 15 16 movie was it what it it played it safe uh, there was nothing it became a little more generic where and it didn't even stretch to the nostalgic factor to it i want this one to be and again i'm going to age myself again more like the eerie indiana
0: oh Erie, indiana was amazing
1: that that walked a very fine line where both kids get terrified and even adults get creeped out over it it did a perfect balance and that's what i was really that's what i'm really hoping for that it, we kind of get that vibe from this show
0: eerie indiana was one yeah. season yeah yeah I, I swear i watched it for like two, three years.
1: That's the same thing because I looked it up too no. and I was amazed because I remember just loving this show.
0: Okay, it is on Hulu. Okay, I can look at that. So, right. Are You Afraid of the yes. Dark? Yes, yes. That was <laughs> no. another good one. Yeah, Are You Afraid of the Dark? That actually has an episode that has stuck with me and uh my fear of clowns because it's... There's an episode of, involving a funhouse and like a killer clown and they think they defeat it but... At the end of the episode, it's like the camera winds through the fun house and the spooky mirrors. And you see, like, within one of the mirrors, like, big shoes step into frame. So the clown is still alive.
1: That one terrified (laughs) me, too. Uh, Even there's an episode of Even Eerie Indiana that just threw me for a loop. And I'm still traumatized by it today. And it's so stupid. Is the episode where the kid gets braces and he can hear dogs' thoughts. That one, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even with going into the ending of it, it just stuck with me, and I think I didn't sleep for a week. And I still pops into my head, and I still get scared over it.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, that would do it. So yeah, I, I'm fully on board. I hope that this has a little bit of edge, a little bit of cynishness to it. And speaking of being annoyed at at Disney Plus, I I agree with you because part of the reason I got Disney Plus was yes, of course, for the Mandalorian, <laughs> but when they announced one of their premier shows was going to be Jeff Goldblum, The World According to Jeff Goldblum, mm, yeah, and I watched those seasons, and it was it fantastic, was. and I love Jeff Goldblum, and 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 you know what they did? Hmm. It was part of their content purge. Uh, so it is gone. That was
1: a fantastic show.
0: It is part of their tax scheme to get rid of things so they can write it down to save money, and you don't do that to the Goldblum. No not the sexy name Malcolm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was a fantastic show. I loved it. And and I think they're bringing back a lot of these things that they've had in the works um, that's coming from the original launch of Disney+, Plus. all these uh, scripts that they're bringing up. And I, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm i going to keep an open mind, but I'm
0: not having a lot
1: of faith in it. Not. We'll see what happens in the next couple of years with Disney+, when they actually uh, build some muscle around their original content.
0: So before we start hating the House of Mouse too much, Josh... What is your experience because you've been so quiet we need to hear with the Goosebumps franchise? I don't watch scary movies.
1: Josh, it's a scary book. It's for kids. God. <laughs>
0: I I don't know if he reads other than comic
1: books. Yeah. I think we should have a, just an episode where we where we read Goosebumps to Josh.
0: I'd be down for that. <laughs> that would be good. I would be down for that. <laughs> All right, so pick your poison here, Justin. Do you want to talk about Exorcist or Saw?
1: I think there is a lot to Saw, so how about we go on uh, The Exorcist?
0: All right, so The Exorcist, famously a terrifying book that then quickly became one of the highest-grossing, scariest movies of all time back in 1973. It has so much—there's so much mysticism around this—well, I'm sorry, myth, mythicism? There's a lot of mythology around it <laughs> <laughs> in terms of like, you know, the director was horrible to the cast. He like kept the, the room like at 40 degrees. Cause he wanted to actually have vapor smoke from them versus using the fog machines and stuff like that. Of course you had the uh, very young Linda Blair who they mostly protected her from, you know, she didn't actually say the things that the demon said and some of the things that she hurt herself, those of her body doubles, she was never on set and stuff. But of course she had the stigma around her of being the devil child for a while. He also hurt some of the cast. One of the famous stories is Ellen Ber- uh, Bernstein. She was not made aware of when she would be yanked on one of the pull rigs or had the violence of it and had hurt her back and ended up like in a back brace for a while. There's all kinds of stuff that supposedly happened on that set. And of course, you had all the stories of people fainting and vomiting and walking out and all this stuff. It had some sequels. It came back with Exorcist Two Heretic, which I've never seen. Exorcist 3, which I hear is better than
1: Anything's better than two.
0: Give him credit. Mm-hmm. Oh, anything's better than two. Is three the one that the only thing I know about it is the fact that you is a there's like a really weird cutscene where like a nurse is walking through some hospital corridors and then the thing happens and it's terrifying as hell. Cause I've seen that yeah. clip and that's yeah. scary as hell. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, you had uh, the Renny Heartland prequel film exorcist The beginning, which was not good. Dominion prequel to the exorcist, which came out less than a year later, which was a secondary prequel that ignored the first prequel to act as a prequel. And <laughs> Now we are getting the team of Danny McBride and David Gordon Green, who did the Halloween trilogy, which the less said about those, the better. Okay, correction. The first one's actually pretty good. Yeah. The first of the reboot. Yeah. But then the second and third were terrible. 100%. They are doing their own trilogy trilogy. And they're doing the same thing they did with the Halloween franchise. They're ignoring all the sequels. They're ignoring everything. They're jumping straight ahead that, hey, this is 50 years later. And they're bringing back Ellen Bernstein. And they're going with this is something new, new trilogy, new spooks. Justin, the trailer worked for me. What did it? Ad-
1: the trailer works. Don't get me wrong. I think that it looks interesting. David Gordon Green, I have no confidence in whatsoever with this movie. I feel like this is going to be material that's going to just lay in his lap and he's going to do exactly what he did with Halloween. There's some interesting things in the trailer and I will place money down now. Those are going to be the most interesting pieces of the movie. But with a branding like this, I mean, you again, I'm hoping I really hope this movie is good. Um, But all the signs point to the same generic stuff that we get. The writers are just completely off. The director, again, we're looking at Pineapple Express, Your Highness, Halloween Kills. This doesn't match anything that should be tied into an Exorcist branding franchise. But again, I've been proven wrong before on just pleasant surprises. Let's just hope the director of Pineapple Express and Your Highness actually pulls this one off.
0: (laughs) So... What I am hopeful for is that the first Halloween movie reboot, the one that came out in uh twenty eighteen, was actually it was good. It, it had some pathos to it. Jamie Lear Curse was fantastic in it. It had built some heat. They were reverent without being too uh too I can't think of the damn word. No reverential. That's the word mm. I was looking for, damn it. It's not so wasn't so reverential that it was just like this is the exact same movie. Like that's a part of the problem with I had with some of those LEGO sequels, like um The Force Awakens, where I was like, this is the same movie, isn't Yeah, this is okay. All right, double sun and sand and oh, there's a falcon. Okay. And oh, and I mean they even call it out another Death Star. How many of these things they built? But it wasn't like that too much. The only part that kind of did that in bothered me was the part with the mask where they're like taunting Mm -hmm. him with it because if they do ignore the sequels that's literally a mask he like found he if you follow the the first movie he apparently drives a car breaks into like a um breaks into a store gets a jumpsuit and some weapons and picks up this mask like off the floor and just wears it for one day so why is that mask important it's not it's that's the only part that was like This is a little too nostalgic, self-referential, you know, going on with stuff. So I'm hopeful that the first movie, at least, can be like that. And Justin, this is where I have another confession to make to you. Uh Oh. I have actually never seen The Exorcist until about two months ago. Okay, well, at
1: least you saw it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So it was the trailer dropping that made me go, I've never actually seen The Exorcist. Like, I've seen part of Heretic. Like, I, I, and I saw, I've seen enough clips of the third one. That I'm like, okay. And I watched the prequels for some stupid reason. You were just about to
1: get a lecture <laughs> from me, just so you know.
0: But yeah, I, I, it was like, I think it was the Saturday after the trailer came out. I, I sat down, I put it on, I watched it in one go, and I went, huh. Cause that first 30 minutes of like them at the dig is unexpected.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: so before, so
1: I have some thoughts on the Halloween exorcist uh, piece of it, but what did you think yeah. of the exorcist with a first viewing?
0: It is a product of its time in that it allows things to breathe, which is actually fantastic. Yeah. Having the breathing room of starting off with this dig in this area and not, they're not really even explaining yeah. anything. It's just, There's just stuff here. And then it kind of cuts to this, you know, mom who's busy with her Hollywood stuff. Her daughter's acting a little odd and the medical horror they put her through of all those tests and like a brain scan. And I think they do like a brain sample or something. They, 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 they do some horrible things to her. And then finally it's the last third of the movie that out of desperation, she seeks something else as her daughter is just getting worse and worse. And then that's where the over the religious overtones. And that's where a lot more of the horror comes in. And so they really, really do the lingering dread. They build up to it so much so that you almost forget that, yeah, the first like 20 minutes were in, were this dig, you know, and it worked, but at the same time almost didn't because it is such a public consciousness of the music, bring me a young priest and an old mm. priest, your mother's excocks in hell, mm-hmm. and all this stuff. But watching the movie, it's like it I was invested in it, and I was stunned by like, yeah, all the little reverential crap, all the stuff, the references, the public consciousness is like the last 20 minutes. Yeah. It's the buildup that makes it. Yeah.
1: And it's that complete fear of the unknown. And at the same time, it mm-hmm. tackles the debate between reason science and religion there is just a lot of layers to the exorcist so that we can do a whole episode on the exorcist so i mean
0: (laughs) well maybe we'll if the movie comes out
1: absolutely but when it comes to when we take halloween and the exorcist these are two different animals here Mm -hmm. and i'm glad you brought up the breathing because that was going to be my exact point is we have halloween which at the end of the day, given the first one, take that one out for a second, but it's still a slasher picture. Yeah. You still have a higher speed. There's no really thought to it. Yeah. You just have this guy in a mask, just like a lot of those movies of the 80s that we had. The Exorcist, like you said, it has breathing to it. It gives, lets the audience use their imagination and come to a conclusion themselves. and Then the filmmakers twist it. I don't know if this is going to be capable of the filmmakers we have on hand. Um, I can never get myself to call the Your Highness a thought-provoking film. <laughs> and, But I will say uh, the one introduction that we have that I am hopeful for, because we saw it with the first Halloween, is Jamie Lee Curtis's return, is Ellen Bernstein, um, her return. And I hope she keeps this guy in line to really appreciate that character and really utilize her appropriately, not just be a name drop in a movie and having the cast play around her. She, my biggest fear is using this talented actress, this treasure of Hollywood and treat her like a prop. So I have some fears about it, but when it comes to the Halloween and exorcist, I have trouble connecting these two on the capabilities of the filmmakers here.
0: Yeah, I get that. And I want to have hope because all the movies as far as I'm aware have been about like a singular possession. So I do find the idea of a twinned possession interesting. You normally don't see, I don't can't think of a possession movie where that's really happening. It's only about one person or it jumps from body to body or something like that. So I find that very interesting that what is going to be the resolution to having to separate this entity or whatever from two souls. And I do hope we're not going to get her coming back. As a gun-toting drinker, you know, she's, <laughs> she's, she's a little bit older than, than Jamie Lee Well, maybe, is. I mean,
1: you don't yeah. want to count it <laughs> out.
0: <laughs> she, she's a little bit older at, uh, I believe she is 90. But she still is a legend. She can still act. She is still productive. And you're right, I, I would find it interesting if what they did with this film is that they brought her in like the first one as like the third act kind of like person who is understanding and can bring the resolution and all that stuff and it has agency. Mm. Yeah, but at the same time, now that I'm looking at the filmography, I understand why you keep saying your highness and P- pineapple's Express, because everything else here is a little touch and go. How did the hell did they con somebody and give them Halloween?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. It's so out of nowhere.
0: This is a probably
1: a prime example of somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody say, yeah, I give them a shot. It'll go straight to streaming. We'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> like in never in all the years of watching movies, would I have ever thought that somebody that, uh, did pineapple express, your highness would come to a treasured brand like the exorcist. It's just baffling to me, but you know, we've had those moments before where it's so crazy it works, but based on the horror three horror movies we've gotten, I don't know. We'll see. But I am very hopeful. I think the concept is interesting. I think the whole dialogue from what we saw in the previews is interesting. So, I mean, we'll see. I, I think worst case scenario, it will be a great popcorn flick um, that people can just go and have a couple of those moments where the music gets loud and goes boom and you hear people scream.
0: I think you said it right. Josh, did you even watch the trailer? I don't watch scary movies.
1: Josh, the trailer was suitable for all audiences.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Justin, we saved either the best or the worst for last, but this is what our modern day Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th series. I mean, I would have never thought about it that 20 years later, we're still hammering on Saw? Well, I mean, really? Alex, yeah, I do not I, watch scary well, movies. I wasn't <laughs> talking to you. I said, Justin. Josh, go sit
1: in the corner. <sighs> okay. All right, Josh, we know you wouldn't see this one, especially all, what, 10 of them? Uh, mm-hmm. Or upcoming 10. But this one, if you remember, I. I'm going to take you on a journey here that back when the original saw came out, that one at the time was kind of unique for what it was. It was that gore fest, but it also had a very smart twist at the end that nobody saw coming because we just assumed this was just going to be a gore fest. And then it kind of hits us at the end. And then following we just had is like a tradition. I think it started coming saw movies every year to every other year, you know, It Mm -hmm. just became like a Holly, a Halloween tradition. This is, and they were some of the best audiences to see this movie with where the movie could be awful, but the experience with the audience is what made it really special.
0: Yeah. So the first Saw movie, I, I watched when my wife brought it home and Carrie Ells was in it and we were this, this there and it was surprising it, it was not thoughtful, but it had some twists, some turns, some intrigue, and yeah, the ending was yeah. mind was mind blowing, unexpected, and I was like, all right, this is kind of cool. The next year, when the uh, Saw Two came out, we went to theaters. We were going with a friend, and you could tell the tone was a little different. They they upped the gore and kind of. Eh. The uncomfortableness. I, I vividly yeah. remember the needle pit and like. Mm-mm. Oh, Mm-mm. Yeah,
1: they doubled down.
0: Yep. And but it was still. There's a good twist at the end. There's some. there's some pivots that happen. And then we get to the third one. And as as we're in the theater for the third one, the friend we were supposed to see it with texted saying, "Hey, some life stuff came up. Not going to make it." And my wife and I looked at each other and went, "The movie hasn't started. Should we just bail on this?" <laughs> But we sat through and watched it, and that ending—I will, I am going to ruin the ending of a seventeen-year-old movie. He dies, Jigsaw dies. His throat gets slit open. There's a blood splatter. He is killed. All right. Well,
1: shit. Thanks.
0: Yeah, I know. And then four, five, six, and seven, (laughs) they get released, and they're all freaking side stories but yeah prequels but continuations because i think four or five happened at the same time on three i mean they're all blurred yeah. together
1: yeah it's one of those that they do definitely blur together and they kind of go off of just i hate to use the word mythology of uh this but they go off sideways um from the actual main story mm-hmm. and To me, honestly, I think they could have gotten away with, like, three more movies of just a copycat as long as a gore was there. Doesn't mean they'd be good, but I think they still do extremely well before they just kind of go sideways on the story. But you know what? After three, at the time, the, the experience going to the theater, it was there. The movies weren't very good. Three, I actually did enjoy more than two. I thought they had a little bit more depth to it for a third entry, but going up to all the way up to, I think the last one we had was we evolved this franchise to the point that even Chris rock is in it and they tried to revitalize the franchise with that. That came out flat, but this one I think is going to be kind of a very interesting direction that they go, even though it's a prequel, but the concept I think I'm very intrigued with, and I think it's going to do very
0: well. Part of what I think made things really annoying is that tobin bell had to be in all of them yes he does have the good gravelly voice he was in the posters but by the time you're getting to the sixth and seventh one and he's still somehow alive or they're finding excuses to flash back to like no i was his third apprentices twice removed cousins nephews uncle and now i'm the killer is coming what what I will give them credit that they brought back Carrie Ells because they had, there was this fan theory that in one of the movies, they show like the killer setting up some contraption and the controllers, the killers limping. And so they're like, the fan boards were like, what if it's actually Carrie Ells character? His foot got, he cut off his own foot. Therefore he had a limp and now he's one of uh, Jigsaw's followers. And so they brought him back as Jigsaw's follower, confirming. <laughs> Which, at that point, if you're using message boards to put together your mythology, you've got a little you've got a little off track. <laughs> but the same time, I mean, I'm still kind of I did not watch Spiral. I, I just I, I couldn't bring myself to I was just like, mm. I mean, they're not even using the, the name anymore. What's yeah. this? And then I read the reviews and kind of confirmed my point.
1: Yeah, there was nothing interesting about Spiral except for Chris uh, Rock being in it. And even that, it was hard to take him seriously. It was such a drastic change. So, I mean, it was a great performance, but it just really, there was nothing to keep my attention on it. So I think Spiral was kind of a flop and a misdirection on the writing on where it wanted to go. But this one, I think it's going to give us a new perspective where we take jigsaw john kramer uh, played by toby bell or tobin bell where he goes to mexico to have a procedure done and then he's the one being scammed and then we start to get a revenge story so i think this one might try and convince the audience to have some sympathy or empathy for jigsaw where we're rooting for the villain this time around so i think it's a very smart direction they're going into if it's executed properly if they go for that version of it I think it's going to be a very intriguing uh, misdirection where it might actually encourage us to go back and watch the originals of his motivation.
0: I do think that could be very interesting because now we're getting like, I mean, they've talked about some of it where the thing is he had cancer and people were appreciating their life and that's why he's a killer. But now we're getting this kind of side story. And I know they want to reboot it, but I mean, that does, wouldn't that complicate? or convolute things even worse if it turns out like well for about six months he was actually in mexico doing this and doing this but that is where he got all his ideas and inspiration because you he first used mexico as a test area (laughs) and when the heat came a little too much he came back to the u.s to really really you know go after the man in black
1: (laughs) Well, this franchise could have gone in two directions. So you either have a prequel to him in Mexico or it's going to be like Jigsaw in space. I mean, there's no in between. So you're, <laughs> there, there's not many more directions they can go. So I think they made kind of the right one, even though now that I kind of just said it, I really <laughs> want to see Jigsaw in space.
0: <laughs> I would love that. Put the little, um, the little dummy, whatever the the dummy's name is, put it like a little astronaut suit and riding the bike for.
1: <laughs> He's just floating outside the spaceship. <laughs>
0: exactly. You have, yeah, jigsaw kind of like in zero g, floating around like the, um, like that rich guy from Contact, where they could just cut to him occasionally. <laughs> He's just floating in space. Of course, I've built another trap. Why build one when you can build two? <laughs>
1: Just so you know, I'm giggling on the inside of just him in a space suit, just pedaling on the tricycle outside the space window. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, oh, that they're, they're, there's a horror idea. One of them has to jump into a pit of uh, the pit of hypodermic needles, and of course, it's zero g, so they go everywhere. So everyone's like, "Dougie."
1: <laughs> there's so many possibilities. How has this not happened yet?
0: Oh, you have it like um. You have, like, first contact, the blood is all, like, bubbling in the air, floating around. Oh. Yeah, I mean, yes. yeah, No, you got to do this right. Somebody has a great idea that is like, listen, I'm bleeding out, but if I, if I cut off my own leg, the spurt should give me enough space to get across the room, I mean, uh, momentum to get across the room and hit the button. You're all free.
1: <laughs> Story idea. Trademarked by Talking Smack.
0: Mm-hmm. With Justin no tension <laughs> yes <laughs> split it 50 50 you can't steal this hollywood we're not a part of the writer and we're not we're not writing we're theorizing so we're not violating the the writer's guild of america strike we support That's, them yep 100 mm-hmm. percent, exactly so, so you can't tell you, me that but most of them aren't at home right now like writing stuff or their own their own stuff <laughs> yep. i got stuff to pitch as soon as the strike is over oh, god <laughs>
1: Based on this writing strike, I wouldn't be surprised if most of the franchises we see end up in space at this point.
0: Oh my gosh, Uh, yeah.
1: It's like, you know that space movie about the fox and the hound we have in back? Let's let's just pump that one out.
0: (laughs) Someone goes, you know, Space Jam is already labeled Space Jam. Have we gone to space yet? Why have we been on Uh Earth so much?
1: (laughs) Space prehistoric.
0: Exactly. I want to see
1: Bugs Bunny like playing basketball on top of a T-Rex.
0: <laughs> no, that's the crossover of Jurassic Park we needed. Now that we have like Jurassic <laughs> Dominion, it's Jurassic Universe.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: <laughs> the zero G <You're> breaks <laughs> it breaks is, down on the moon. It, <laughs> <laughs> the T-Rex is like floating around in circles, trying to grab all the things, but it has a big head and little arms. <laughs>
1: Just, just wait. We laugh about it now, but you know that's coming. Especially <laughs> if they were going to do a Men in Black twenty one Jump Street crossover. Nothing's oh. off limits.
0: Oh, <laughs> that sounds better than last season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> now, I'm picturing raptors on jetpacks, <laughs> the little, you know, the little astronaut, the little jetpacky things trying to like chop at people. <laughs>
1: Chris Pratt gets on one, you just see a raptor start talking, get off, my turn.
0: (laughs) He's trying to do the clicker thing but the raptor leans in and goes, there's no sound in space. (laughs) gotta have the
1: same voice over that did in jurassic park 3 alan
0: (laughs) it's gotta have that voice turns out that like you know dr grant shows up like oh my god it was actually a premonition
1: (laughs) you just had another great idea alex (laughs) perfect tie-in
0: nick cage shows up from premonition (laughs) oh there we go this is this is what it is it turns out this is we were right around the right time frame for airplane 2 (laughs) oh my god (laughs) so we can just end (laughs) with CGI Leslie Leslie (laughs) Nielsen coming over saying surely you can't be serious Okay.
1: Copyrighted by Talking Smack <laughs>
0: and Justin Hanson from <laughs> the Movie Wire. <laughs> we get half. <laughs> oh, oh, oh man! He's dying. Oh yeah. So this movie actually moved up a week because. Oh wow! It comes out uh, the same same days. No wait. No, so it last Friday of
1: this month, right?
0: Yeah, it's so the last Friday of this month, yeah. and it moved up because it was afraid of Taylor Swift in space.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Another Taylor Swift is a new jigsaw.
0: Perfect. That would be fantastic. That's what the tour has been about. That's why people are having like amnesia and, and such religious experiences. Is because some of their friends had to, to get tickets. I just want to see <laughs> Jigsaw on the tricycle
1: just riding away from Taylor Swift.
0: <laughs> all of all played lo- on loop is, ooh, look what you made me do. Made me do. <laughs> Nobody's going to like this but us, but it's fucking great. <laughs> I'm having fun. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've been crying for the last like three minutes.
1: Just the mere statement that Saw is scared of Taylor Swift. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think that's the best thing
0: I've heard all week. (laughs) He's just pedaling so quick. He's like on one of those walking treadmill things, so he's going nowhere. <laughs> she's, just, she's just waiting at the end for him to come back, and he's trying to ignore her. This is so stupid. Okay. Uh, so. I want this so bad. <laughs> so Saw comes Saw X. <laughs> Which is <laughs> what should be in space because Jason X was. Yeah, actually, I was going <laughs> to say <laughs> is the tenth film, which makes sense because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we're just going to start wrapping this up. <laughs> Video board broke and won't play shit. <laughs> I got that. I'll add music later. Anyway, you can follow Justin Henson at... <laughs> you try.
1: <laughs> you can follow me anywhere. Oh, wait. <clears throat> I got it. You can listen to The Movie Wire wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow me on Instagram, Twitter or X, and a letterbox at Movie Wire Show.
0: <laughs> you can follow us at talking smack pod josh hates leon so, or elon or whatever the heck his name is so we still have a twitter that i manage or eggs i, I, I post facebook crap you can join our discord at tsmackpod at gmail <laughs> thank you to leo allen for our musical themes even though shit's not playing right now because riverside broke <laughs> 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 befo and- Retro L Studios, thank you for our avatars. Please subscribe, rate, and review this shitty episode. <laughs> 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 there should be music playing right now. I'll 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 put it in or something, or I won't because this is funnier. <laughs> so, Justin, now that we're talking over the music, that's not there. <laughs> Are you looking forward to David Duchovny trying to solve the mystery of why pets are coming back to life? <laughs> and do you think Scully will show up in Pet Cemetery prequel?
1: I should have known you were going to tie this into that. And yes, I am excited and I demand a cameo on this.
0: <laughs> I can't believe you're doing a prequel to a movie that failed already. <laughs> it's been two years.
1: But you have David to company people are gonna think that this is an X Files movie,
0: <laughs> they are, and I was kind of excited for it because he finally pulled out a gun. <laughs> it's like, I'm gonna take out anyone who takes out William, which god, I hope his son's name is actually William. I know they said the actual name in the trailer, but it'd be funnier if it was William. <laughs> He's there, like, defending the smoky man shows up. <laughs>
1: I just want the X Files theme. If somebody's coming out of the grave, I just want that playing in the background.
0: <laughs> that would be so
1: cool. Or just random flashlights in the darkness and mist.
0: Exactly, and they form an X <laughs> because that's what they did. in the intro. Oh, all right, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you made it this long, I'm sorry. <laughs>